This is the Yoakum Strength Podcast, Episode 10, with Austin Yoakum and Greg Yvasher. There can be no friendship without confidence, and no confidence without integrity. So that is a quote from the next section of our book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, um, talking about how there can be no public victory without first having private victories. Private victories precede the public victories. Yeah, and I think this relates to almost everything like we talk about. Like, mm-hmm. you have to build yourself before you can build others, but you also like have to start winning with yourself in small actions before anything big is ever going to happen. Um, Josh Parks talks about this all the time, and I, I think it really relates. He's like, that overnight success that you saw like took 10 years to make. And that's because that overnight success that you see is just 10 years of private victories, 10 years of that person winning by themselves in the dark, in the closet. And then you see that big public victory, big explosion. And that's, again, with the, um, one of the books I'm reading is talking about momentum. And the way to build momentum is to do the small things over and over and over again. And at one point it takes off. And that's when everybody's like, holy shit, you at the point you are now, like it just happened overnight. And they didn't see the 10 years of build up to that point. Right. Absolutely. Um, again, as a guy who we frequently discuss, who I like to talk about a lot, Jordan Peterson talks about how you start with the small things because, like you just said, you, you, can, you can do them. And they're not easy to do, but you can do them, and that will generate momentum for you. Like, it gets you moving in the right direction, and, and it will then allow you to do when the massive – tough, difficult, tough decision does come, then you'll be ready to make that and it won't be an issue because you've got your ducks in line and small things are done. The pride victories have been won and you're in a good spot mentally. Yeah, and the, the, so the first, the reason this book transitions this way is the first three habits that they talk about are what they consider private victories. So you have to be proactive first, you have to begin with the end in mind first, and then you have to put first things first. And that's how you win in the private first. So our first three habits that we went over, those are all private victories. We're not going to go over a habit today. We're going to go over the transition from how do we go from those private victories to the public victories. And that was this whole chapter in the book is that transition from you're winning in the private now, what's that next step? Absolutely. And we're going to go to the book to start. Before moving into the area of public victory, we should remember that effective interdependence can only be built on a foundation of true independence. Private victory precedes public victory. Algebra comes before calculus. And with relationships, you can't just do it. You simply have to travel the road. You can't be successful with other people if you haven't paid the price of success with yourself. And I, I love the point of like algebra comes before calculus because it makes sense to people. Like you wouldn't just take a calculus course and expect to understand everything. And I think a lot of people, they're like, why is this success just happening? Um, why aren't these things just happening? Uh, and it's like taking that calculus course and expecting to succeed. Like it makes sense with people like in classes, you have to do class, the prerequisite and then the actual class, and then you can go to something more advanced. Mm-hmm. But in life, they're kind of just like all over the place to where they can think they can jump to success. And then I think it discourages them a little bit to whereas if they're steady and they're taking those prerequisites, they're taking those private victories, they're making their bed in the morning, they're doing the small things every single day, that's when they take those prerequisites and then they can take the actual class and then they can take the actual class and then they can take master level classes in their life. You know, and Jordan Peterson talks about this is like, start just telling yourself that 
I want a better life. And then when you achieve that within your own life, you can start to focus on, all right, I have a better life. How can I expand that better life to something else? And then he, his big thing is like, you're blind to everything. And if you don't open your eyes to these things, you don't open your eyes to see that you can have a better life, that's the first step, then you gotta open your eyes to something greater. But you have to start with, you have to have a better life yourself before you can open your eyes to something bigger to like helping other people's lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. How can you help other people if you can't even help yourself? Yeah. I mean, that's, like you said, I love how he writes that in, you, true independence is the only thing that allows you to develop relationships with people. I think that was the part out of that quote that stuck with me the most. If you're not independent as a person, if you don't have yourself figured out, if you don't have yourself sorted out, then how are you ever going to sort anyone else out? Because you don't know how to do it yourself. Yeah, and I think we relate this, like, we talk about foundations all the time. And I, I don't know how I'm big on this, is like, again, if your foundation isn't built, who, like, how in the heck are you gonna help somebody else's foundation when they come onto you, you know? Like, if they need your help to stand on your foundation a little bit and your foundation isn't built, you're just gonna bring them down with you. And now you're not only hurting yourself, but you're hurting other people. Yeah. So not only are you not helping them, but you're making them worse. So even though it's well-intentioned, mm -hmm. if you're not doing these small things first, if you're not building your own foundation first, it's not doing the world any good. Exactly, and then it's only a matter of time until you take on one, two, three more people, your foundation can't hold that. I mean, then you're gonna fall and they're gonna fall too. Yeah. So you have, I mean, you know, it's funny that we sit here around here and talk about this because I know we both failed at this in our lives and like it's part of it's part of the learning process. Like, But it's definitely something we're trying to do and we're trying to develop and and we hope that whoever's listening can just kind of come along for the ride. And that's I mean, that's kind of the whole point of us doing this podcast. Like we're, de we're developing our own foundations. We're developing ourselves as people, developing a business. And and I mean hopefully we can just bring one or two people along for the ride as we go yeah and show them the steps that it took to take you right. know how, yeah. like steps, it's yeah. it's a active steps that we're taking yes to again like like you said right. it's kind of the reason like to show them that it's not an overnight success exactly. it's not an overnight foundation that's built yeah. like this is a whole process of yes. talking about the stuff of building the stuff every single day and like i talked about it on the back pocket podcast which are our og podcast that we were on like when I was a coach, like I realized this quickly, like if I didn't have my shit figured out, everybody else was gonna fall and I didn't have my shit figured out. So that, I mean, that was like eight months ago. Like it's not that long. And I, I, just then, like that was the low point of like realizing I have to do this. And this is, I had just started reading this book and I hadn't even got to this point in the book. And when I read this part, I was like, well shit, that makes sense. Like I'm bringing down people with me because I don't have my foundation figured out. And when I read this book, it was like, wow, that like, it like not only is this written down and like makes sense on paper but i'm seeing it manifest in my life and then we talked about this yesterday with declan brown on instagram live he talks about like success in your business every every success you see in your business is almost like super parallel with success in yourself like when you're building up yourself you are also building up your business and when you see and this i, I relate this to myself like when i see weeks where I don't have the growth in the business that I want, I don't have the as productive as I want in the business that week. I look back on like what goals did I accomplish myself that week and like how much did I do myself to grow myself that week and it's almost like 
identical. Like when I'm not growing myself, I'm not growing my business. Mm. When people aren't growing themselves, they're not growing their families. When they're not growing themselves, they're not getting better at their job. You know, and like I think it's pretty direct. Like you wanna you wanna chase something, but to chase that something, you have to be able to like build your legs up to chase it. You know, mm. you have to do it yourself. You gotta hit them squats. <laughs> you gotta hit them squats. <laughs> Back to the book. My friend, he said, you can't talk your way out of problems you behaved yourself into. And this is a story, he, this is the end line to a story where he's talking about one of his buddies was complaining that every single time he goes to a conference, his wife nags him. And he nags him, nags him, and he's like, I don't like going to these conferences anymore. Like, I should be having a blast at these conferences and learning a bunch, but I don't because my wife's always nagging me. And the author of the book goes, well, why she's nagging you? And he talks about it and he's like, well, 10 years ago, I met her at a conference like this when I was married to somebody else. So now she doesn't trust me at these conferences. And every single time she's nagging me to check up to make sure I'm actually at these conferences and not leaving. And the author's like, well, this makes sense. Like, you can't just say one thing, but she's seen you do something else. So you can't be talk your way out of problems that you behaved yourself into. I love this. I love how the author says, I love the author's response because I think it's, it shows another truism than other guys that we really love to listen to. Like I heard the other day that um, belief, if you believe something, you act in that manner. Mm-hmm. And so that, I mean, that guy believed, that guy's saying one thing, but his actions, his what he believes his actions are, they should, they say a completely different thing. So it's, I think his wife had every reason to be concerned and I mean, clearly his actions have spoken a hell of a lot louder than anything he's done. Yeah. So, I I mean, I don't know exactly if nagging him would be the right way to go about it, but I mean. Well, I think that's where he needs to actively go about. And it goes back to that private victory being proactive with like actively building that trust within her. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll talk about it later in the book, but he talks about like emotional banks and like that's how you have to work with relationships with people like when he met her at this conference, yes, it was great that they met each other, but it was a big trust withdrawal when he betrayed somebody behind their backs with the wife that he was married to currently to go with his new wife. And that like, when he made that big withdrawal, like he has to actively make deposits to come back to that and like right. kind of earn that trust back. As he, as he should have to, I mean, again, he's, his belief, his action has shown he, he thinks he's not, he's not, he doesn't actually believe what he's saying. Yeah. Right. So, um, and he's got to take ownership. Like, if his wife isn't feeling loved and secured, like, that's his fault. Yeah, that's, that's such not, a good point. That's not her fault. Like, that's your own shortcoming. You have to own that. There's a reason that trust, distrust, and, like, there's a reason she's nagging you. Exactly. There's a reason. And, and there's something you can do actively to attack that and fix that. Right. There always is take extreme own like I mean and I know I've had to do it in relationships in my own life and I've been trying to do a better job of it um, so and if you know me and I'm failing you hold me to the higher standard let me know or I'm failing you as I'm more than happy to change it I want to you know it's it's all part of the game so take ownership in those relationships I love it at Greg <laughs> back to the book Some people say that you have to like yourself before you can like others. I think that idea has merit, but if you don't know yourself, if you don't control yourself, 
if you don't have mastery over yourself, it's very hard to like yourself, except in some, short, some sort of short-term, psyched-up, superficial way. I, just, I, I love hearing points like this from, like, multiple, multiple people. And just, like, things that people consider, like, universal truths almost. Yes. Like, when you hear it over and over and over and over again, it really, like, gain, gains you confidence to know that. Like, you, you got yes. you to control yourself. You have to have discipline in your life to be able to like yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I love what you said there about truth. And it's, it's cool because I've heard the same message coming from a priest, coming from a psychologist, coming from a military. military. Yeah. Like, you know, it's people who all learned it differently so you know like in different ways so you know it's got to be like an underlying rock solid principle for and this is the powerful thing for me is like they're playing the long game like their whole point is to create long term fulfillment in your life and i think a lot of like like he says the psyched up way is like there's many ways to like you like books are like seven ways to like yourself and you get super happy and you're happy <laughs> yeah. for a week after you read this book of like yeah. Yeah. give yourself coffee you'll like you'll feel good yeah. <laughs> but these people are really like trying to ingrain again goes back to your foundation of something yeah. you can build upon every single day in your life so it's long term and you can affect other people's lives and it's so much more fulfilling than yes. seven ways to happiness yes that's, that's not his book his book is seven habits of highly effective people right yes yes um how you mentioned discipline. Um, sorry, when you mentioned discipline, it's brought me immediately to something David Danhauer said a couple weeks ago. We were texting about, I don't know what, probably talking shit to each other. And um, and I said, dis- I said, made something like, yeah, uh, discipline is the key. And he's like, no, Greg. Love from discipline, discipline comes from love. So I love how you said that, like, and then the key is all these people that we are all that all spread the same message. They all come from love, a love of people, a love of what they do, and a love of trying to make the world a little bit better, a little bit closer to heaven. And then love that love. Once you really have that love burning and you have that fire kindling, it it allows you, it gives you, the discipline will come because it's the way to let that love flow and shine and be free and develop and you know, do your part of saving the world, you know? Yeah, I think, I think it's I, I think it's like a circle, too. It's like when you have that passion, you have that love in your life, it feeds back into mm-hmm. other parts of your life. And then these other parts of your life are doing better, so then it feeds back into your passion. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, I'm really starting to see it with the gym. Is like it's something that I finally like has replaced like football a little bit for me to where it's like this is what I freaking love, you know? And like when I freaking love every single second of what I'm doing, it completely changes how I live the rest of my life yes. with other people. And how I'm living my life with other people is better, and I'm treating people better, they're treating me better, like the Jordan Peterson like way of like, yeah. you only get back with like basically what you put into other people. And then that goes back into the business of like, people are treating me better, there's more opportunities, more things. And then the business is even more passionate, more fire like burning, and I think it's a huge circle in your life. And I think the shitty thing is, is people get stuck yeah. in the opposite circle to where they're happy, like they're naturally happy, good people. And they're doing something that they're not passionate, they're not fired up about, they don't have the love for. And then that gets brought into their normal, happy yes. like life. And then they're being brought down a little bit, then they have less opportunities, they're less with people, 
and then that goes back into the job that they already hate, the opportunity that they already hate, and it's just a vicious cycle. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, 20 times. <laughs> Working in the corporate world in a couple different internships and jobs now, I, and you've never worked a day in the corporate world. And I mean, okay, me and you are, you're 23 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Old. We're both 23. And I feel maybe we don't know anything. I don't know. I, but I, right now, from where I'm sitting, I think you just described it perfectly. It's, it's, it's just that it's that inch every day too. It's like that. It's just uh, small like another steps. day of just doing this shitty job. And, and then you wake up a little later and then you get home a little later. And then by the end of the week, you're Friday, you're working late and you miss dinner date with your wife. Then your wife hates you. And then, exactly just like you I love how you said the small steps too because I think this is where people really again get sucked into it's like they don't realize it at first yes it's tiny little things and like you said like your wife you miss that dinner date because of work and your wife doesn't hate you then nope your your girlfriend doesn't break up with you then nope but then it's the next week you know (sighs) and like it gets put back in and then it's chip 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 and then 40 years down the road, and this is like, I talk with Parks all the time, is like, scares me. This is one of my biggest fears is like being 40 and regretting something or being 40 and realizing I wasted 30 years of my life. And I think that's what happens when you like hear these midlife crises is like yeah. these small things every single day. People don't notice it when they're in the thick of it. And then they look back at the 30 years, hopefully and look at all this achievement that they did and they see how much they've been beaten down for 30 years, like how big it is. It's, it's heartbreaking, man. Like, again, I, I go to work and I see this on a daily basis. I see people are 300 pounds, 400 pounds. It's, it just makes you wonder, like, where did we go wrong as a society? Uh, I guess it's a question for another day, but this is why. And then that comes back ultimately to you. It's like, that's why you need to live your truth and your passion and do that shit because you owe it to that person. Well, this is this is goes back to Jordan Peterson's point of right. every single evil thing in the world yeah. is your fault. Exactly. And it's, it's so true. It's so crazy to like think about and like he talks about it's like it's huge to wrap your mind around, but it's the only right. way to think about it because otherwise, if it's not your fault, you don't control it. If it's not your yeah. fault, you're not able to like help somebody. Yeah. You're not able to put the goodness into somebody. And I think it's such a powerful like realization is like. Yeah. You are able to help and like bring that light and do something for that person. Yes, I, I'm, that thought almost like bring, it almost like brings me to tears. It's like, yeah, that's it's that important, man. Like, yeah, it is. I don't know what more to say than that. It's you're that integral part of the world, and you may not think you are, and you make you can be a pessimist, and you know, I guess I don't really care. Like, well, I'll see you at the end of the world. What I mean, you know, but that's the way. I, I'm going to choose to live my life. That's the way you're going to choose to live yours. Yeah, and I think that, like you said, like, it, it's just the choice. It, it, this is where it makes sense to me is, like, it's a choice. Like, yes, you can choose to do that, but how does that help you become the best version of yourself? Yeah. I, wrote a, I wrote a blog about this. Is like right. your mental mindset is so big. It's like there's so many easy ways to do things and so many easy ways to think, but, it, like, is the easy way – the best way to become the best version of yourself you know like you everybody has those easy thoughts that come in their head and like the easy way to think like oh it's just gonna happen this world's just happening this life's just happening and it's easy and it's not a bad thing to think that way like necessarily like it comes in your head i don't want to be like ripping it on people 
I just yeah. want it to be known like everybody can can think that way everybody has that ability like yeah. but is that the best version of yourself is that right. the best ability of your brain right. like are you going after it 100 percent? is that right. who you can be right and if yeah. it's not why why would you stop there you know right like why if you have this potential if you have this goodness inside of you the jordan peterson calls it the ultimate goodness like you owe it to the world to display that ultimate goodness right so why why don't you right i don't know yeah that's a that's a good question probably people are people are afraid that's one reason mm-hmm. people are lazy that's another reason um I think a lack of like education too yeah. is like you know just right. like I, maybe that's the biggest maybe their eyes just aren't open they're not able to see it and maybe they just need the motivation they just need some sort of traction like their entire lives has been stuck in this negative feedback loop right. for 30 years of their life right well, and now they're stuck in that thought process and like what ways can they get traction to maybe get out of that like nah, I, I think it's I get it's it's point. 30 years of that negative flop process loop but if you add like a little clog in there yeah. it's easy to and i don't want to say easy but you can get out very quickly right. you just need momentum like right. momentum is so big for people right i mean i've experienced it in the last three months you know big thing for me was changing my diet and that has kick-started a lot of things in my life and what it, i i don't want to break is there anything that led to you realizing you need to change your diet was there a smaller step than just changing your diet one day like what led to that So when when my ex-girlfriend broke up with me, I looked myself in the mirror and I was, realized where I was falling short and and uh, realized where I was failing in that relationship, where I was failing in my relationships with my friends, my relationship with my parents, my relationship with my sister, because I was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked at myself in the mirror and I had spent the spring trying to get just absolutely like a meat cannon I was, just, I, was, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get just strong as hell and I did and I was really happy about it but um, then I went and worked out in Colorado in the summer and I lost a ton of weight because I was doing a bunch of hiking and then I got back to school in the fall and I don't know and I just I, I just ate like shit and I kind of got lazy and I don't know. I wouldn't say I was lazy. I was still hitting the gym hard, but maybe a couple injuries here and there. And I'm not really sure why, but then I just got grossly overweight. And I, uh, and then that happened. And then I, oh, there's a lot to that story. That probably will have to wait for another time. But that was probably the switch. Okay. Yeah. I, I just asked because, like, for me, it wasn't even as big of changing my diet right away. It was like, I read. <laughs> I, I, it was a video or maybe I read a book. I'm trying to remember, but it's like, I just made my, I think it was his book. It was a small thing. It was talking about the small things and I just made my bed. And that was the first. Is it the book by the Navy SEAL? I think it was this book. I think it was this book when oh. it talks about, in the very first chapter, it talks about doing the small things and how the small things are actually the big things. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, that I was just at a point where that really clicked with me. Yeah. And I'm like, 
all right, Austin, tomorrow, like, uh, my room was a mess. Like, I, my life was a mess. Yeah. Like, I was, like, living like a piece of shit. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to switch this. You know, like, I'm going to do yeah. something small. And I made my bed for the first time in probably my life. Yeah, because you were made my a bed pig in college. And just made it and got some momentum from that. And what I did with that was yeah. uh, I made my meals. And when I made my meals, I felt better. And when I felt better, I was able to talk to people more. Yeah. I was able to talk to people more. I had more energy. I felt good about myself. I was able to work out more. And like when I worked out more, I started posting Instagrams about it and people saw it and they liked it. They saw like giving them a little bit of momentum and I got some energy from them. And then this grew into basically what this is now. And it started because not even making my bed, I read a book, I read a page in a book mm -hmm. and reading a page in a book led me to making my bed. Yeah. And like, I, I you know it what? sounds so crazy. Like it just, I attribute so much to like that one morning of just waking up and saying, I'm going to start this. I'm going to make my freaking bed. And it all changed from there. Dude, now that you say that, it just caused me to reflect a little bit more even. And I think this process might have even started when I first learned who Jordan Peterson was back in June, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I watched a video on YouTube and I thought, this guy has everything I believe in from a psychological backed by science I don't know I don't know that's a good question what really started for me that's something I have to meditate on either way get you thinking deep diet was sweet it has been sweet it's a key it's key it's huge I mean and it's fun too because like I'm not cutting super hard right now so on the weekend if I want to just eat like shit on a day it's it doesn't I still I make strength gains and I don't put on any weight and I'm feeling I feel great like but don't eat like shit ever it's not what I'm promoting I'm promoting make your own food cook your own food cook real food okay back to the book yeah sorry unless we are willing to achieve real independence it's foolish to try to develop human relationships we might try we might even have some degree of success when the Sun is shining but when difficult when difficult times come and they will we won't have the foundation to keep things together. The most important ingredient we put into any relationship is not what we say or what we do, but what we are. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, similar to what we talked about before, true independence allows you to build relationships. By achieving independence, you can build relationships. Um, I think it's, it's difficult to develop independence. You know, it takes... Again, it takes you, to, you have to develop your foundation in order to achieve independence, and then you can go forward and build those relationships. Yeah, what I, I see from this is like people see through your bullshit, basically, is what sure. I take from this. It's like you can say things to people, and I, I, I see this with guys. Like when I talk to guys that I haven't built a big trust thing up with yet, like I see them BSing me. Like I, I, can, I can see that they're lying to me, basically. And like, when I see that, all that tells me is like, I haven't built up enough trust with them to really get down to the deep problems of what's going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. So that's when I really focus on attacking. This is like, I think people really see through all the BS. Like if, if you can sell something all you want, you can tell something all you want, you can even do it. But if you don't believe in it, if it's not who you are as a person, people are very, very good at seeing through it. People, I think also like want to be sold simple solutions so they might blind themselves through it but if they really open up their eyes people see through other people like it's nothing mm -hmm. i think it's a 
great talent of humans is like yes. we're able to call out bs and see bs in people and i, I don't want to sound like skeptical of people and like goodness in people i think it's a good thing too people are able to see goodness in people but they can see through like do you really believe in this do you really whole is this wholeheartedly who you are mm-hmm. yeah that's a great i love that type what you extracted out of this i i do feel, i do feel like it's a sixth sense that we are born with um to be able to know when someone's not giving you everything or the full truth and it's and it's uh it's it's something we all kind of like lie to each other about a lot of the time i think well, it's just the, I think it's a big problem of like our shallow type relationships that we love to have because they're easy. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I, I in college, this is like every single relationship yeah. I ever developed with anybody is because I, I wanted to accomplish goals that didn't, I didn't want to have them taken away by other people and other people having the, like, I didn't want to put my effort into other people in that time. So I developed a bunch of shallow relationships that were easy for me to maintain and like just hang out with the bros type thing without really delving into who I am, mm-hmm. like why I do what I do, any of that stuff. Because if I had done that, in my head I was thinking I'm giving more energy. So I wanted a bunch of shallow relationships. But to realize like to get past that point, you really have to like be open with yourself and be who you are. And yeah. like it's so much better that way. You know, like you can develop a relationship that is like so much better than saying like, sup bro. You know, and like you can go farther in a relationship with like any person and really see who their soul is. And like, this is a huge thing with me as a coach is like, when I'm able to see, really dive into who somebody is and like what makes them tick. One, it makes me a way better coach because I realize what makes them tick. I realize what motivates them. And like a lot of people, it's not football specifically, like it's something else. But that helps me realize like delve into my own soul and delve into why I do what I do. You know, like I think it's powerful. The more people I connect with on this way, the more people I really like, get into who they are, the better it is for me to realize, like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'd agree. And, it, I mean, it's shown now in, in the person you've grown into in the last six months, like, who you were and who you are now is a night and day difference. And I'd like to think it's somewhat similar for myself. I mean, again, it's not it's never done. The process is never done, but it's really just getting started. But, yes, I do. I mean, I agree 120% with you. Yeah, and again, like, uh, one thing I don't, like, the the huge, like, personality shift, I want to say, like, with me, I think with me, it was more like not really telling people who I was, yeah. you know? I'd agree with that, too, because I know? feel like I knew you, but yeah. people didn't. And I think yeah. that, I think what I don't want people to think is, like, people are just able to switch. Like, if you know somebody, they're not just going to be able to switch, and then you trust them again type thing, yeah. if that makes sense. I think it was... For me, it was more, obviously there's huge switches. There's huge steps I took in my life. Yes. But one of the also things I was really bad at was communicating who I was. Agreed. You know, and like, again, one of the reasons is because like, I knew if I communicated who I was, I would have to put the effort into maintaining those relationships and that type of thing. So I just hit it. And I was like, I'd rather be known as the football guy yeah. and just go about my life that way so I can be that football guy and just focus solely on that and not live with anybody, not affect anybody else's life rather than delve into who I am and like why I do what I do. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I remember, see, this was my rationalization for being late in college to all my classes. We were at a 6 a.m. list one time and you were like, and I was rushing to get their class on time and you're like, dude, why are you rushing? We're football players, we can be late. 
<laughs> I was late like every time. Uh, I still tell my players that. <laughs> I do probably not, but I do. Like, bro, why are you going to class? We got football stuff to do. Football but. is more important. Athletes do it. No, Athletes no. I, mean, I, I, one of the reasons I believe in that though is like the best, uh, best class I've taken at St. Thomas was football. Amen. I, I, I learn things in class. I get it's important, but. Yeah. The amount of life and just things football brought to my life at no UST doubt. was worth the money I paid to go to this college. I took one class that was worth it for me at St. Thomas, and it was sports and relationships with people. 100%. Not even going to say anything else. Back to the book. That's when we try to treat the symptoms with quick fixes and techniques, the Band-Aids of, per of the personality. We don't understand that the, the acute pain is an outgrowth of the deeper chronic problem. And until we stop treating the symptoms and start treating the problem, our efforts will only be counterproductive to the results. We will only be successful at obscuring the chronic pain even more. Right. And this is, I mean, this delves into so many things of like, one, a Band-Aid's not going to fix anything. You know, like that quick fix to your life, the like seven habits, to, or it's like, week-long thing to make you happier like it's and again we talked about the last podcast with this book is like this book is laying out habits but he continually says these habits are fundamental truths of the world but just because you read these habits and even if you do these habits for a week it doesn't mean it's going to completely change your life like you got to actively do these things like it's never it's not going to be a band-aid fix and that's what i love like he's not trying to sell you on a band-aid fix here he's like this is a long-term freaking progress but process, but if you do these things, you're gonna be walking the path and eventually that momentum is gonna pick up to where you're able to do it. But he wants you, he very clearly wants you to know it's not quick, it's not easy, mm -hmm. but it's worthy. All right, I think I've been on the process, on the, on the path pretty solidly now for about like, probably since I moved back up here mm -hmm. in February. And like, I saw exponential growth for about two months, and now, what are we in April? And like, I'm, it's not as exponential as it was, but like, I know now the principles. Staying is, like, I can't go back to what I was doing before. Now, it's staying on the principles based, staying on following rules, staying disciplined. Because um, that was the, that was the problem. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, like what on the surface level issue, like the overweight, like that's that was the surface level that issue. Was certain, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's attacking, and I know, and it, yeah, like you said, it doesn't get any easier, but you just, and then once you, once you've already had these three months and you see how much growth you get from living a life of principle and value and discipline, you, it gives you that much more belief in it to keep going. Yeah. Oh, this is like you said the overweight thing. Like when I worked at my transformation contest, people, this is, I told them this straight out. I'm like, you being overweight is such a surface level thing. Yeah. My program, my goal is to attack everything else that got you to that point. Yeah. And like, this is one thing that a lot of guys struggle with is like, Sometimes this is a surface level problem that has been built up with 22 years of underlying problems. Mm -hmm. And we gotta attack, and this is what I work with, is like, my goal is to affect your entire life 
to where we can change these 22 years of problems and it's not going to be quick and it's not going to be easy but you got to stay on the path and this is where when people hit those plateaus and they really start to struggle i'm like well this is where we have to attack your next problem like your yep, next exactly pyramid of that problem that you've been digging for 20 right. this hole that you've been digging for 22 years like we can't fix that in a week we can gain momentum in that week we can start to attack those problems in a week in a day in an hour but it's not doesn't mean it's going to be done mm-hmm. like that's we erase those 22 years of problems with 22 years of good habits right you know like it's such a process it doesn't just happen but any like any transformation that we saw in these people's bodies it's because we attacked these underlying problems and then they changed their life and then that led to momentum in other parts of their lives like that physical transformation mm-hmm. you can't just have that physical transformation if you're mentally not there if you're mentally having these problems you're going to be eating crappy food to cover up those problems and it's just going to be a vicious cycle and yes maybe you're doing those workouts and maybe that's gaining you a little bit bits of momentum but if you're not using that momentum to attack your other problems you're going to stay as you are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love how you said too is once you make some progress you hit a plateau like that's where you have to uncover your next problem yeah and i'm i think i'm there right now it's like all right what what's the next jump you know where am i going to make the next jump and what's cool is i'm talking about myself way too much this podcast but what's cool i took a personality test of course, Jordan Peterson's personality test. And I, I found, and it measured my, I don't know, like how I am. Mm-hmm. And was it fired up? Was that the answer? Yeah. <laughs> it was, I scored super high on enthusiasm <laughs> and openness, which are two Greg things. Yeah, for yep. sure. And another one I scored. For on the low, I scored on the lower end, but for men, I'm at about average, which is not where I want to be. Is agreeableness, which is people who are more agreeable, they tend to not say what they think, and they they don't stick up for themselves necessarily, and they don't they go with the flow. And now again, I'm middle of the pack, like I'm even. When it comes to men, I'm mm-hmm. pretty even, but I would definitely, I definitely want to stick to my guns more because my guns are good. Like I believe in myself, and mm-hmm. and again, you don't want to go too far to the other end of the spectrum where you're just like to every yeah. You, you tell everybody to screw off, and I'm right, and I know everything. But I definitely would like to lean more towards that and stick up for myself and believe in what I'm saying and 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 um, and lead and lead myself a little bit better and not be as compromising and look to people please as much so that might that's what i think it's something i might probably my next the next issue. problem to attack yeah, yeah i would say after after taking that test so I, I highly recommend that personality exam um to anybody it's really cool it's eight dollars well I, one thing i like about that too though is like you realize that you have to take this next step and then you actually took a step to attack what that next step possibly could be you know like you can think about all right i'm starting to see a little bit of a plateau how can i take that next step and then not really do anything about it Mm -hmm. but you are on a path that you realize you have to do something about it to do something about it you know like you actually have to take that step Mm -hmm. and actually have to have to because otherwise the world's going to get worse yeah right cool back to the book and this is where we don't have a quote but this is 
bringing it back to the emotional bank account with people. And he breaks down in here, you got to think about relationships with people like it's a bank account. With your bank account, with your financials, you want to just sit there and withdraw money all day, all day, all day, and expect to have a good relationship with your money. You'd be broke, you want to be able to afford your house, your car, anything, you'd be homeless. What he talks about here is with relationships is almost everybody does that with people. They sit there, they take, they take, they take, they take, and then they expect that relationship to be healthy with that person, when in reality they're not in a good spot with that relationship. And he talks about how the reason they're able to take is because a lot of times in the courting process, the first time you meet that new person, you are depositing something in them. You're taking that girl on a first date, no you're doubt. buying her food, you're giving her flowers. That first time you meet your boys, like you're super nice with them, you like talk to them, you like maybe you go over to their house, you invite them over, you know, like you're making deposits with them. But then he says, once that courting process is over, you spend the rest of the time withdrawing and you really haven't put that much into that bank account and now you're overdrawing. And this is where fights and your, your bank account's overdrawn with these people and you're expecting to withdraw something. And this is where he talks about small things can turn into something huge to where you ask your spouse to do the dishes after thousands of time withdrawing and that's where it snaps. That's where the bank account is over withdrawn and it's done with. That's where that relationship breaks up. Right. And he says you active and he breaks it down into the six deposits that we make and we'll go into those but like you actively have to invest in people yeah I, I love that i think in my own life something i've seen that's been a huge for me and my friend and my roommates like doing the dishes for everyone no one likes to do that and maybe i'm enabling people by doing their dishes but like i'm not saying i do my roommates dishes all the time i definitely don't they are really good at doing them um i just Sometimes, like, on a Saturday morning, if, you know, everything's left over, I'll do them. And I'm happy to do it because, like, it, like you said, it just builds up a little bit of trust in the, in that emotional bank account. And then when I have an awful dog babysitting <laughs> on my dog rover business, they, I mean, the, forgive me. <laughs> but go, I love the, the point that you made is, like, in, he talks about in relationships, you're going to have to make withdrawals. Exactly. Like, it's not a healthy relationship if you're just depositing the entire time yeah. either. Like, if you're just doing that person's dishes <laughs> for the rest of their life. Exactly. Like, eventually, you're going to have to make withdrawals. And, like, that's how all good or like relationships work. Mm -hmm. But you have to balance that out with a deposit. So, like you said, you make those deposits of yeah. actively doing something good for them. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you have a dog that eats everybody's food in the house, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you make a little bit of withdrawal there. Yeah. But they're not, you're not overwithdrawn to where the point, like, You've been leaving shit all over the house. You've been leaving your own dishes. Other people have been having to do your dishes, and then you bring this dog into the house that messes it up. That's where something might snap. Right, and it should. Yeah. You're screwing up. <laughs> yeah. I'd be screwing up, but that's yeah. what I did. Yeah. No, I definitely. I love that. I love it's a great idea, great way of looking at it, too. Money is so in everybody's face all the time. Emotional bank account is a very easy way to visualize it and make sure you put it into practice. Yeah. So with this bank account, he breaks it down into six major deposits. And the first one is really understanding the individual. So the first deposit is like, you can't make a deposit with somebody if you don't know that person. And one of the things he talks about is like, if you try to make a deposit with somebody by taking them out to ice cream and they hate ice cream, they're allergic to ice cream, that's not a deposit for them. Even though in your head you're making a well-intentioned thing, 
they don't see that as, as a deposit and they might even see it as another withdrawal. So you really have to know the person deeply to connect with them and be able to like, what do they enjoy? What do they like that you can make an active deposit with them? Mm-hmm. And one of the really cool stories he says in here, I have a friend whose son developed an avid interest in baseball. My friend wasn't interested in baseball at all, but one summer he took his son to see every major league team play one game. The trip took over six weeks and cost a great deal of money, but it became a powerful bonding experience in a relationship. When my friend returned, he was asked, do you really like baseball that much? And he said, no, but I like my son that much. And he talks about how he was able to, and I think this goes back to putting first things first, is like he was able to sacrifice something for something greater than that something. Yes, sacrificing it. it, it in order to gain in the future, you must sacrifice now. And I mean, that's 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 an unbelievable sacrifice to make. I mean, took six weeks off of work, all to just bring your kid to something you hate going to. That's terrible. Like that suck. Mm-hmm. But the way he's able to look at it and flip it in his head, I mean, it probably he probably actually ended up really enjoying it. Yeah, and I think this is. This goes back to something like your job too and like you're investing in if you really love your job like there's parts of your job there's parts of things that you do that suck but you realize the greater good of that thing that you're doing and that's where you can turn something like that into something enjoyable for sure where like maybe baseball going to baseball by himself would be very boring and like unenjoyable for him right but he sees a light in that baseball game and that's his son right where he probably really enjoyed those games because he's able to do something for somebody else. Right. I think that, uh, like you said there, if you're in a job you hate, then you can figure out maybe, okay, yeah, you're in a job, you hate it for sure. Try and find a new job, and you should develop your skills in order to figure out how to get out of there and get a new job. But while you're there, like you said, find the light and then live in that light while you're there. Mm -hmm. You have to. Yeah. And maybe that light is something that can change your thought process on that job. And then maybe you know, maybe it's maybe it's not the job that you hate. Maybe it's what you think about that job, and that's how you hate it. Uh, Jordan Peterson, I love this quote. He talked about how maybe you should stop trying to improve your yeah. This one, maybe you should stop trying to improve your office, and you should start to trying to improve your life. And he talks about how people in their jobs hate their jobs because they're trying to reach for that next ladder thing. They hate the person in front of them because they got that promotion and they just start to reach at these things. And that's what they really hate about their job to where if they were to take a step back and really just focus on themselves at this job and improving themselves and really putting themselves towards this job, they'd realize that they love this job. They hate the improvement trying to go for the Mm -hmm. desk for that new job, that new shiny window that they can have and the chase. And he says, if you improve yourself, that's when you're going to get that new desk. You're going to get that new office. That's when those other things are going to come in and be added benefits to improving yourself. But you're just going to create a miserable, miserable life, a miserable, miserable job. if You're just focused on something ahead of you. For sure. Yeah. Control the controllables is another thing that I bring it back to is like, you can't control for the most part, another person's choice to give that promotion to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You can put yourself in the best opportunity, but to do that, you have to control yourself and control the controllables. The thing you can control, you can be the best person at where you are at right now. Uh, in the strength conditioning world, um, they talk to interns all the time about act as if you were at the dream job. You know, like be the intern for the dream job. Even if you're not there yet, the only way to get there is to live your life yeah. 
in that way. You know, like if you live your life as a lowly intern, you're going to stay the lowly intern. You're never going to take that step up. That's something that you have to take pride in yourself of like you control where you're at in your life right now. And then you can change that through the 10 years of every single moment that you're in your life. You control that moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's that's awesome. That's an awesome quote. Well, you said that live your life where you want to be in 10 years, 15 years. Yeah. Be the person you want to be in five years. Be that person now. That's <laughs> Rogan. solid advice. I listened to Rogan today, um, and his advice was to for guys to um, be like the guy that is trying to have sex with the girl. <laughs> like He's like, if you want to have sex, be like the guy that's trying to court that girl at all moments in your life and then you'll achieve those goals he's like women are motivating <laughs> and he, he, he that that was his point he's like you most guys are like this for one night and they, they're not accomplishing anything because it's not really how they're living their life and he's like find that motive to be that person right now and at all moments in your life and then these things will accomplish i love that <laughs> Very, but so eloquently as Joe Rogan could. Yeah, Joe Rogan's the only one that would get away with saying it that way. Yeah. And motivating the shit out of millions of people. And, and making total sense yeah. in a way that's good for everyone. Yeah. I mean, really. Because there's nothing inherently immoral about that, to be quite honest, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got, you got to send me that video. I'll send it to you. Back to the book. Our tendency is to project out our own autobiographies. What we think of other people want, what we think other people want or need, we project our intentions on, on the behaviors of others. We inter, and we interpret what constitutes a deposit based on our own needs and desires, either now or when we were at a similar age or stage in life. If they don't interpret our efforts as a deposit, our tendency is to take that as a rejection of our well-intentioned effort and to give up. The golden rule says to do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. While on the surface that could mean to do for them what you would like to have done for you, I think the more essential meaning is to understand them deeply as an individual, the way you would want to be understood, and then to treat them in, ter them in terms of that understanding. As one successful parent said about raising children, treat them all the same by treating them differently. Mm. As, and as, as a coach, I relate to this very well, is like, you gotta understand each athlete. Like I think a lot of coaches and it's not, but a lot of coaches struggle at their job because their one way of communicating with people is fucking yelling at them. <laughs> like, there are so many guys that don't respond well. There, there's 10 dudes that respond well to that, and that's like the way to motivate them. But if you don't know your athletes, if you don't understand what makes them tick, like, some of my athletes I coddle. And it's because they need to be coddled. Like, it's who they are as a person. It's, I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying that's the way I'm going to get them to do the work I need them to do. Mm -hmm. Some of the athletes I need to make jokes with. Some of the athletes I need to relate with as a bro. Some of the athletes I need to chew their asses out. You need to know each person and like treat them all the same by treating them differently. Like I haven't had an issue with some, like, this is like one of the things I worried about when I first started thinking about this communication is like, well, I wonder if I yell at one athlete and then I call to the other one if there's going to be a divide there, but there's not because everybody understands that it. yeah they get it they understand how communication works with people they understand that some people respond in different ways and some like people are kind of soft they some people are soft yelling. yeah and i think it's easy very easy for a person to be like well, that person's soft i'm just going to yell at them and make right. them tough yeah that's but not. I, I don't think that goes back to extreme ownership as a coach nope. your job is to get the bat you control what work you get out of that person mm -hmm. 
and I control that by how I communicate with that person. Exactly. And I think, again, it comes back to caring about that person. Right. Like, if you're screaming at somebody, you have to scream at them, and they have to know you're screaming at them because you love them. Exactly. If you're coddling somebody, you have, they have to realize, like, this isn't some trick. Like, I'm not trying to trick you into doing something. I actually care about you, and this is why I communicate with you that way. And if you're trying to trick somebody and like, the, I'm nice to you, so you do this thing, like they see through that BS and then they don't give it to you, you know? Like people, again, people are really good at seeing through who you are as a person. Yeah, you just smoked that, that was spot on. And like you said, it's maybe, maybe someone from the outset can be critical and, and say, oh, you're soft, I'm gonna toughen you up, but it's, it's not gonna work. And if you want what's best for the kid, which is also what's best for you, which is also what's best for the team, you're gonna figure that out and you're gonna figure out how to properly motivate, not even motivate, but relate to, and relate to the relate to the kid. It's your friggin' job, it's dude. Your, yeah, it's your, yes. and it's your job as a coach, but it's also like your job in life is to yes. relate with people and realize how can you motivate them? Like, how can you bring light into somebody else's life? And like, there's so many ways to do that with people. Like, and I really believe like each person has a light that they can give and show to another person that doesn't see it yet, how can you do that with somebody? Yes. How can you relate with somebody and give that to them? Right. And there's different ways and there's different niches. Like I'm gonna relate naturally to athletes better. So what I need to work on in my own ability is to how can I do this with the general population? Right. How can I talk to just like Susan, the mom, and how can I show her some of the light without being like her seeing just the football guy and be like, I can never relate to that guy. Like yeah. that's something I need to attack. How can I do that? And the way to do that is to do it. Like talk to people, yeah. communicate with people, get out of your bubble and talk to people. But like, I, I just think it's everybody's responsibility to do in life. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. It's, if you want to be a leader in life, in every aspect of life, you need to figure that out. And I, I say that to myself as much as I say it to anybody. I say it you need to figure it out because that's the only way you will be able to influence people and properly convey the way, the path, the truth. Yeah, and uh, some of the worst coaches that I've had, some of the like most disagreeable people that I've been a part of in life is like they treat everybody the same. Mm -hmm. Not by treating them differently, they just treat every single person the same. They see the world as they see it and they don't open up their eyes to anything. Mm -hmm. And that's when they shut themselves off to opportun opportunities they stay in that bubble and they, they're, they're mediocre people when yeah, which sucks. every single person has the opportunity to be so much more than that. Yeah, it's, it's such a hard, this it, is a very challenging thing to do to like try and see the world through other people's eyes because our default is not that. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Like that, it's going to take practice and time and serious, thoughtful execution and effort in order to to, to live this way I mean it is it, it's what it is and in order to live and lead that way and because your natural inclination is not going to be to do this yeah and this is what Jordan Peterson again talks about is you're blind to all like you are blind to every aspect of your life and the only way to change how blind you are is to open up your mind to realize that you are blind yeah. how can you focus on seeing something yes you know and like yeah. how can you focus on seeing that other person's perspective right. and the only way to do it is to first realize that you don't see it that way like you you are not you aren't at that point you don't see it that way right realize that first and then take action steps to start to focus on that yeah um, quote he always talks about comes from the Bible 
think it's Matthew 6, maybe. I might be totally missing this, but it's definitely something along the lines of if your eye, if what you see is, if only thing you let in your eye is darkness, then darkness is what's going to control, the darkness will be the only thing you see. And I think that's so metaphorical. It's like if you, if your eye is not pure, if what you see, if you don't try and see things from other people's perspective, you don't try to see things from how others in the world see them, and and for what they actually are, and you only try to see things through what you are seeing, it's only going to be darkness, and it's not going. You're not going to let any light into your life, and then, well, then there goes the negative loop. Yeah, well, this this I think this goes back to even like success and failures in people's lives. Is every single person in their head sees that failure, and they they see what could possibly fail, how they see themselves failing. They don't have confidence in themselves, and that loop just plays over and over. And with them seeing that in their head, they create that in their lives. And that you sat in on the meditation session um, on Monday, and like one of the biggest things I hope to accomplish in those sessions is for them to have 10 minutes of seeing success in their head. You know, like Mm -hmm. seeing success and how powerful that is, because I know seeing that success in their head is gonna lead to different actions in their lives. Mm -hmm. And when they lead those different actions in their lives, hopefully they see more success in their heads, and then we can start to create a loop there. And just giving them 10 minutes a day to get out of the, I suck, I'm a failure, how could I do this? And like really trying to flip that, thought process in their head to like why not me why can't I do this why can't we be the team to do this and like giving them 10 minutes again to hopefully create that momentum in their lives to take off from there yeah right I I can't wait to see the effects of this um, in the fall because they're not near the most talented team we've ever had at St. Thomas either Mm -hmm. like they work their tails off but I can't I think the meditation and the visualization that you are performing right now, I can't wait to see how it pays off in the fall. Yeah, really, and I really mean, cool. I can't wait to see how it pays off in 10 years with these guys. Yeah. You know? yeah. And like, that, that's like, that's what I want to see in this. What I, I, I talk to them about football, and I'm a strength coach for football, and I want to get them good at football. But to get them good at football, I need to get them good at life. And like, that's really where I'm going to see this is 10 years down the road to where they're seeing that success in their head. They're really attacking interviews. They're really attacking opportunities in their lives. They're going after that girl of dream. They're going after the job of their dream and they're becoming yeah. successful in life. Let's go. And Let's that, go, that's what I want to see. Me too. I, yeah. Next season will be great, but you're right. 10 years is what we're really after here. Life changing. The long term. That's right. The long game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right. Go into the second deposit attending to the little things. The little kindnesses and courtesies are so important. Small discourtesies, discourtesies, small unkindnesses, little forms of disrespect make large withdrawals. In relationships, the little things are the big things. And I don't want to cross out in relationships. In life, the little things are the big things. Mm-hmm. Like his, six, I tell my guys this all the time. Success doesn't just happen. You know, like some people can get lucky, but long-term success doesn't just happen. It's so many small things that lead up to that tiny bit of success. And that tiny bit of success leads to a little bit more success. But little things are the big things. There's no thing that is too small for you. Like, I, this, I started like, you just hold the freaking door open for somebody. Like, push in your damn chair, 
be respectful in class, sit in the front row of class. Like these small things are so big and it's what's going to lead to you being a champion, you know, like it's such a process. And when people think like it's just going to happen, it's because they haven't experienced what these small things lead to. They haven't experienced that momentum or that process at all. Yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Um, and then once you find one of those small things that you aren't doing, find another one. Yeah. Right. It, then keep looking for them. Keep looking for those little tiny victories because each little one, it's relatively easy and don't think you're above it. It fires me up when people say like, that's stupid, it's irrelevant, it doesn't matter. Like, don't think you're above it. Like, you're not better than making your bed in the morning. Like, you, you're not. Like, no one's better than that. There's no task that's too small for you, no job that's too, that's too underneath you. Like, I hate that. I hate that shit so much. And I, probably because I see it in myself. That's probably why I don't like it because I see it within myself. But that, don't don't ever think that, man. Like, don't ever think that. You are where you are in this world because there's a reason you're there. And so do it and do it really flipping well. Don't ever think it's beneath you. Any of those little things. It's just sinful. To become the best version of yourself, you have to be the best version of yourself in every single moment. Yeah. You know, like your best version of yourself in that moment is gonna lead to the best version of yourself that you could possibly be. Yeah. You're not making your bed you're not being the best version of yourself you know like you're not doing these small things you're not becoming the best version of yourself mm-hmm. no, nothing's no, too small nothing's too small back to the book people are very tender very sensitive inside i don't believe age or experience makes much of a difference inside even with the most toughened and calloused exteriors are the tender feelings and emotions of the heart and again i think this goes to how you relate with people like what your relationship with people is based off these small things because deep down like these small things mean the world to people mm-hmm. yeah and um, when you don't do these small things when you neglect these small things that's when it turns into something big because these people are sensitive i mean not these people us like every single person us included are sensitive like these small things mean the world to people right and like you said us like big football guys we're both very sensitive, especially us two. I'd probably say more than most football players. Like, but the even like the hardest guy in your life is a sensitive person. The hardest person you know is probably a pretty sensitive person. I hate to. This is a personal story, but I love it. I think it's beautiful. So, my best friend growing up, his dad is the like he's the biggest man's man, mechanic, ex football player. Um, just a behemoth of a man. He, he's so strong. He's a beast and hard. Just a tough guy. Tough guy. Tough upbringing. World class judo wrestler. Doesn't and does not show emotion ever. Never. Tough guy. Like really tough. And even him, man. He would. When me and my buddy were playing football games in the winter time, thirty, twenty, ten degrees. He would always hold my little sister at the time, and he would hold her in his lap, and he's a big, burly guy. He'd keep her warm, and he did it with the smile. Like, he loved that. Like, that that's even everyone's tender. Everyone's tender, even the hardest of hardest dudes. So keep him in mind. I love that story. I don't know. It brings me a lot of joy, and I think it's so true. Everyone's really tender. 
you know, and this is a, a, one of the like, action steps you can take from this is like, this is where you treat people better, you know? Like, like every single person you come in contact with, treat them with a smile, treat them with something that can make their day. You know, like, and then one of the things like with the business, when things get freaking like tough and like, I'm working like a lot of hours and like, I'm like stressed, there's like big deadlines, there's bills, that type of thing coming up, getting like a stupid DM from somebody like saying, love the workout or like, love what you're doing, that type of thing, like completely changes like why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, like can change this to where like, I'm like stressed and like, oh shit, like this is this, how am I going to do this? How am I going to be like, all right, like this is, this is awesome. Like I, if I was able to affect a person's life and they like said something to me, you know, like a DM, a text, like saying hi, saying something to somebody, like I, I challenge like people to do that. Like just to reach out to like somebody that you know is doing something like, just reach out to them. Even if you think they know, like they think they know, like you care about them, that type of thing. And like Crusoe says it all the time. Like, even though you think your mom, you think your mom knows that you love her, like tell her, you know, like do the small things, tell her because it means the world to people. Like, and just because you think they know it, just because it's in your head, like you're seeing the world as you are, like maybe that person doesn't know that, you know, maybe that person doesn't know how you value them. And like you displaying that value, you showing them that you care is so big in their life and can be the momentum that they need to change it. Yeah, and definitely don't do it because you want people to like you. Um, do it because you want them to actually know. Don't, if it's coming from a place of selfishness, that's not good. Like, I guess it's better than nothing, but do it because you really genuinely care for the other person. I mean, that's my two cents. Because I used to do things to get people to like me, and that's just not, it wasn't good. I get back to the book. Keep commitments. Yeah, keeping commitments. Here we go. Yep, keeping commitments. Back to the book. Keeping commitments. We talk about here how keeping commitment or a promise is a major deposit. Breaking one is a major withdrawal. In fact, there's probably not a more massive withdrawal than to make a promise that's important to somebody and then not come through. The next time a promise is made, they won't believe it. People tend to build their hopes around promises, particularly promises about their basic livelihood. And here, he's talking about the process of, one, either get really, really good at keeping your promises, like if you're gonna make them, keep them. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't have that foundation, you don't have that ability in your life yet, don't make those promises yet. Realize with people that like, you can't make that promise if you know you can't keep it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it, it goes back to the bank of like, you're building that trust in somebody. If you're breaking that trust in something even small, like you promise to take somebody out for dinner, you promise to take somebody out for an ice cream cone, something small, what's for them to believe in later when it's something big? You know, like why would they believe in you? Why would they trust you anymore if you broke something small, you know? Right, right. I think this quote brings you back to taking care of yourself like you would take care of somebody responsible for helping. Mm -hmm. I think it's chapter four and 12 rules. Right, it's, for me, I always overcommit because I try to make, try to help other people out and make things better for them. But 
if you don't take care of yourself first, you're just gonna overcommit, and then you're gonna knock, then you're gonna fail yourself. You're gonna make yourself overtired, overworked, sick, and then you're gonna let down other people saying you have two problems. So take care of yourself first. Um, if if you're in that boat, if you're in the same boat as me, I like it. Back to the book. One of the most important ways to manifest integrity is to be loyal to those who are not present. In doing so, we build trust of those who are present. When you defend those who are absent, you retain the trust of those who are present. And Greg and I talked about this a little bit. I'm like, how much this makes sense is like, if you're talking shit about somebody behind their back, like that person is gonna realize like as soon as they leave, like you're gonna talk shit about them. Or like, maybe you don't think about like, what's keeping you from talking shit about them, you know? like. And that's where you start to, again, take a withdrawal from that emotional bank of trust with that person because they know you do it with somebody else. What's keeping them from doing it to you? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of scary to think about that if you go over your latest social interactions with people too. And I was just going over mine and I was thinking to myself, man, that's something I find myself seeming to be around somewhat of the time. And it's, yeah, it's very... uh and one of the most like powerful things in this, they, they have a quote in here, uh, and it's like, basically like, don't confess the sins of others. You know, like, that's not your job. That's not gonna make your life better. Like, focus on what you did in that situation that was wrong, you know, like, and then you take ownership and control of that. But if you start to confess the sins of others, you start to talk shit about others, like one that takes trust away and it takes control away from your life. say that's that's a deep truth and back into this in the same um, chapter it's integrity is an independent reality integrity in an independent reality is simply this you treat everyone by the same set of principles as you do people will come to trust you they may not at first appreciate the honest confrontational experiences such as integrity such integrity might generate Confrontation takes considerable courage, and many people would prefer to take the course of least resistance, belittling, criticizing, betraying confidence, or participating in gossip about others behind their backs. But in the long run, people will trust and respect you if you're honest and open and kind with them. You care enough to confront them. I think <clears throat> this goes back to like our family um, quote is like, forget about me, I love you. And Coach Crusoe talked about this all the time. Is like, hold your brother. If you really love somebody, you hold them to the highest of standards. Like, that's when you yell at somebody. Like, you tell somebody to run off the field. You tell your spouse you need this from them. Like, you hold them to the highest of standards because you love them, not because you're belittling them, not because you're 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 just trying to attack them, but because you love them and you see that they're not being the best versions of themselves, and they can be. So you hold them accountable. You find a way to do that without letting these little things become under the rug. Mm -hmm. All right, because holding them accountable is holding them to the standard of the best person that they can be, right? Yeah. And that's, if you love someone, that's what you want for them. So that's why you're doing it, right? It's not, like you just said, it's not about love, but there's an absolute solid, hard and fast true reason why you have to do it. And this makes, this helped make sense to me. A lot of things is like, when a coach like, at St. Thomas, like the coaches are tough on you. Like they're, they're really, really tough. And like when you, it's, it's tough when you're in that, but when you take a step back and you realize why are they tough on you? Why are they are the way they are? It's because they love you. 
It's because they realize, and like you realize deep down, you are not the best version of yourselves yet. And they have the ability to hopefully bring that out of you. So they're gonna be, and the only way to, it's not easy to do that, and they have four years to do that with you. So they gotta accelerate that process, and like, it's super freaking tough. It's super tough for people to do in 40 years, and they have you for four years to hopefully affect your life, to affect the football team, to affect the community, to affect the world. Every single person that leaves this facility, every single person that leaves this program has their names on you. Like, you know, like if you go into the world and you're a piece of shit, you are their piece of shit basically. And it affects their name, it affects their family name. So they have four years to make you the best version of yourself, the best human. Not only does it affect the world, it affects them and their legacy. So they have four years to do that and it's, it's tough. So they're tough on you, they're, that's why they're doing it. And when I realized that, it makes it so much easier to like, they're not yelling at me because they hate me. They're not yelling at me to bring me down. They're yelling at me because they love me. Like it's, the, it's different. But it works. Oh yeah, it definitely works. I mean, I love like for, I excel in that type of environment, and I don't know why. Maybe I'm naturally inclined to it, but and the world's tough, so it. I think it's great. The world's really flipping hard, so I like how they're tough on us here. It worked worked well for me. Yeah, I think it, it's a good way to kind of get thrown into the world, you know, kicked around here. No, they're not. They're not trying to lie to you, you know. No, like they're. Yeah. They're open and honest, and this is how life is. Right. Yeah. Back to the book. When my son Joshua was quite young, he would frequently ask me a soul-searching question. Whenever I overreacted to someone, was unfair with them, or was mean to them, he would ask me, Dad, do you love me? He thought in his head that if I was breaking the basic principle of being kind towards somebody else, what would keep me from doing that to him? If I don't love somebody else... What keeps me from not loving him? I, I, I love that point to, one, that his, his little kid is holding his ass accountable. This is like a world-renowned author, and he has his little kid calling his ass out. I love that. But, two, I think, I think it's true. Uh, I, I'm going to go straight in the book at this point so I can break it down, but he says, As a teacher as well as a parent, I have found that the key to the 99 is the one particularly the one that is testing the patience and the good humor of the many. It is the love and the discipline of the one student, the one child, that communicates the love for the others. It's how you treat that one that reveals how you regard the 99, because everybody is ultimately a one. And this, this is, I, I love this point, is focus on that one person, focus on that one thing, stop trying to change everything all at once, stop trying to, like, you have the ability in the moment to change that one person's life, do that, and you can change so many people's lives throughout your life. Mm-hmm. You have that ability to treat that one person right and that person in turn will treat somebody else right. Or you treat that one person right and you have 99 people watching you treat that one person right and then they realize that's how you care about them and then those 99 people can affect other people's lives the same way. It doesn't matter if you treat 99 people good and you treat that one person bad, even that one person's annoying, even that one person's hard to work with, if they see you treat them bad, what's to keep you from treating them bad next time? Exactly. You know, like, that is, again, it's a withdrawal. Like, you've got to build this trust with people. And it's not a sometimes thing. It's who you are as a person. And you communicate that and you're open with that with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's absolutely right. My mom always used to say that to me when I was younger. She'd say, well, if you can't treat your sister right, how are you going to treat your teachers right? How are you going to treat your friends right? And 
I don't think I really understood it until I got older, but it's each each 99 is a one. Everybody's an individual and deserves to be treated with the same respect. And yeah, it's love and discipline for one will dictate how you treat 99. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, this is this is one thing that I really like when I wrote down like our pillars of what yoga strength is and what we're always going to stand for is like trying to affect that one person's life because I think a lot of people start these businesses and they start right. things that try and like do everything all at once and they're trying to like push their message and like I'm going to change everything all at once yeah. and like I would much rather like we talk about like when I post a story when I post something like again there's probably like 20 football bros that are annoyed by it but there's one person that's taking a message they're taking something out of that that they're able to gain value off of, you know? And that's that's all I care about is that affecting the one person. I'm not trying to please everybody. If you're trying to please everybody, you're helping nobody. You know, like, yeah. be yourself, put value out, and somebody's life is gonna be positively affected from that. Yeah. And that's what you need to focus on. Right, it's that one, it's that one. It's the, it's, what was the quote that we're gonna read next? Um, shoot. This oh, more noble to impact one individual. That's the last quote. Yep. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Move on for now. Back to the book. It takes a great deal of character, to, character strength to apologize quickly out of one's heart rather than out of pity. A person must possess within himself a great sense of security and fundamental principles and values in order to genuinely apologize. And this is his last deposit point is apologize sincerely when you make a withdrawal. And in life, he talks about you're gonna make these withdrawals. If it's on accident, within it's on purpose. If you're in a deep enough relationship with somebody, eventually you're gonna make that withdrawal. Eventually you're gonna have that dog over that eats a bunch of chicken strips. You know, like that's when you're gonna have to generally apologize, own up, take ownership of that mistake, and try and nip it almost in the butt without having it spread into something, spread into hatred, spread into something bigger than it actually is if you just yeah. attack it in the moment. Right. And sometimes it's tough to do that in the moment. Very hard. That's why you don't. Yeah. yeah. No, agreed. Nip it now because then it doesn't grow into a monster. Because if you nip it when it's a little like, like, you nip it when it's like a little, but little puppy dog, yeah. like then it, you kill it and it's dead. But if you wait, then the dog grows and grows and grows and grows into like a, an Akita it's a huge Japanese guard dog and you can't kill it anymore it's just going to eat you alive kills you it kills the relationship yeah. you know and that, that's that's where you have to start from the bottom and another point he makes here is like a lot of times like especially like tough football guys like us like nobody wants to apologize it says like it may it, they, they if they're insecure it makes them appear soft and weak and they don't want that but one of the quotes he says is here is it is the weak who are cruel gentleness can only be expected from the strong mm -hmm. and what he says there and I think it's true is like to be able to actually show your vulnerabilities to be comfortable with that you have to be comfortable in your own skin and to be comfortable in your own skin again you have to know who you are and you have to be disciplined in yourself and those are the actual strong people the people that are able to hide that and be the tough guy all the time and like not own up to their mistakes those are the people that are actually probably weak inside they don't have that foundation built they're not comfortable enough in their own skin to own up to things like that Kind of, kind of counterintuitive. You think the tough guy doesn't show any weak gentleness or kindness is, is the tough guy, but in reality, his foundation is built on sand all yeah. of the time. 
and like appears good from the outside but as soon as you start to poke holes in that that's where it falls apart yeah yes back to the book past security general of the united nations once made a profound far-reaching statement it is more noble to give yourself completely to one individual than to labor diligently for the salvation of the masses i take that to mean that i could devote eight ten or twelve hours a day five, six, or seven days a week to the thousands of people and projects out there and still not have a deep, meaningful relationship with my own spouse, with my own teenage son, with my closest working associate. And it would take more nobility or of character, more humility, more courage, more strength to rebuild that one relationship than it would to continue to putting, to putting in all those hours for all those people and those causes. This quote is my favorite. Yeah. Now, I, I love this quote, and I, I think I relate to this quote very well. Is like doing these things, doing these like external, like almost easy things, trying to strive for something, um, and not really like attacking the deepest points in your life. You know, like it, it's really easy to spread everything and like be shallow with everybody and have those relationships with everybody again. But if you're really not attacking those deep relationships next to you, those deep things next to you like those are the tough things like many people think like it's the masses it's the big thing that you need to spread and like that's the tough thing but it's really not it's like really connecting deeply on a level with somebody like that's the really tough thing that's the hard thing to commit to and I think it's like when you they talk about the divorce rate and that type of thing like it's because it's freaking hard to do that it's hard to commit and like communicate with that one person it's really easy to like have the shallow relationship with thousands of people and be bang, 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 and it's quick and it's easy to please one person when you have 10 minutes with them, an hour with them a day. But when you're with that person all the time, every time, and it's your life, that's when it's hard. Yeah. That's, yes, definitely. Um, I just, it's, it, I think to hear a guy who wrote a book about, who wrote a book that has probably changed the lives of thousands of people hear him say that that was never his goal or to hear him say that that's not the way to change thousands of people's lives I think that's really cool because it is very possible to impact one individual very possible like you can do that and you can do that in a very profound and strong way and I mean that's something I always think about is like well this how am I going to impact as many people as possible and change as many lives as I possibly can't say no that's not the question. Start with your own self. Fix that. Then start with one. Go from there. Well, I think, I think in this book, the reason he's able to change so many people's lives is because he's not trying to please anybody in this mm -hmm. book. He's honest about what it's going to take. Yeah. And he's honest and he's trying to change one person's life with this book. And because it's honest and because it's true, that one person's life he's trying to change, it works for many, many people out yes. there. Because yes. he's, if he's trying to please everybody and like trying to make it talk about like, yes, like maybe you're struggling here, just be happy. And like trying to do that, that's when he's gonna, he's trying to please the masses, he's trying to attack the masses first, and he's actually accomplishing nothing. Mm -hmm. To where he took the time to really be, this is what I believe in, this is the fundamental truth of the universe, this is how you change your life, start with yourself, and then it's hard, but it works. You know, like it's hard, but it's worthy. Right. Yeah. Like you said, it's hard, but it works. It, and he's proven it's worked, right? Yeah. 
it's an awesome thing for us to take away and go throughout this week, I think. Work on impacting and changing yourself and then just work on changing the life of one individual. It's more noble to change one individual than labor for thousands. I, it's awesome. It's yeah, awesome. You have to win in private before you win in public. That's right. With that being said, how can we win? How have you been winning in private this week, Greg? How's your training? How's your life been going this week? Training's great. Uh, what am I on week three? Yeah. So last podcast, I said I wasn't gonna. You made a declaration. Peanut butter for a week, and I haven't eaten peanut butter in a week and a half. It's great. Feel great. Feel good. Yeah, feel great. Um, it's crazy how much you, I crave sugar. Peanut butter was my sugar crave while I've been going on cooking natural food, and I haven't really eaten fruit, uh, really either, since I started eating clean. Maybe fruit would be something I should introduce back into my diet, but um, no. So I was cr- I craved sugar, and that was why I think I was eating so much peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Really, really. It was your it was your hit. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have a bite of it, and then you know. You get that that head rush, and then I have another bite, have another bite, and it's so good. Yeah, it's a dopamine response. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Um, so that is real solid there. It's been great. Um, training, training's great. Got PR on the front squat today, two sixty five for five, um, mm. which is sweet. Mm-hmm. That way, like two two fifteen, two twenty. So that's good. Um, PR on shoulder press yes the other day I got 145 for four which is awesome thrilled about that um, and I can't wait to hammer out. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna on Friday I'm gonna just hammer out those belt squats give that new weight machine a try yeah Steve and I are gonna do a drop set and just just destroy our legs for the week, end of the week that'll be fun I know it's not on the program but that'll be fun being a good burnout what about life Oh, life. Job. Job. Girlfriends. Mm. How's life? I wish. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't care. Happens when it happens. Um, good. I mean, so I had an interview for work last week. I don't know if I would, if I got the job, if I would take it, to be honest, because it's, I mean, it's an accounting job, and I don't really see that as being my end game here. Um, I'm really, I'm taking a lot of time to just, I want to make sure what the next job I take is something I'm thrilled about. I'm not, maybe not even thrilled, but excited about and can see myself doing and, you know, kind of setting myself in the right career. And I'm just trying to, and I don't want to say what I'm thinking about doing because I kind of want to keep it to myself, but um, I've got a handful of options that I'm looking into and I'm really excited about all of them. Just gonna have to make sure, pray a lot, meditate a lot, talk to a lot of people I respect, and then make the right decision for myself. Just kind of go full bore into it once I make that decision. Love it. Week coming up. What's your focus? Um, it's a good question. You know, I write a massive to-do list for myself every week, which sometimes isn't so good because I find myself just kind of scratching to get things done. My focus is to make it to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu once. That's mm. my focus. Thursday? Yeah. I'm going to go 
Thursday and Friday. You know, it's that's something I think that'll be another big step for me is to just kind of overcome. I don't know if I, the combination of fear, laziness, of actually not wanting to do it, doing it just because Jocko says to do it. You know, that's why I signed up for it, mm-hmm. and I then I showed up. I was like, man, this is something. <laughs> this is actually really hard, and it sucks. Um, but then there's also part of me who wants to do it. Like I want to learn how to fight and be able to defend myself, and and I want to learn the discipline of martial art because it is such a hard discipline. So that's my goal for the week. Make t- make it there twice. Make it there twice before the next podcast. Thursday, Friday. Um, and then we got Mother's Day this weekend I'm not going to make it home for Mother's Day but I will be going home in two weeks to spend time with my family and hopefully see my grandparents mm. be excited about that too I get it. Yeah. what about you, how's training? good, started up, really? a, yeah, good. We started up a new program this week um, did Turkish get ups for the first time the other oh, day yeah, yeah, they were fun um Goals, uh, goals, kind of get myself better at a lot of bodyweight stuff. Um, with big goals, to I got challenged to be able to do backflip, so I got to teach myself how to do that Ooh, within the next like three months. Uh, somebody, um, and then want to be able to. Been working on handstands a lot. Been doing that type of stuff. Um, I, I I've done a lot of in my in my next phase will probably be back in the weight room and doing a lot of the meathead stuff. But I feel like I've done a lot of that. Um, so I'm trying to really challenge my body and like do things I've never done, do things I'm freaking terrible at. Um, I have I'm like 230 pounds and my legs are like 210 pounds of that. <laughs> so a lot of body weight movements are really really hard for me. So being able to build that stuff up that has been really beneficial and just like the way I move has been a lot better. So being able to get better at like handstands. Um, I finally was able to go from, I don't even know what it's called, but a, a headstand into a handstand. I've been, I've been doing a handstand pretty much every day to freaking accomplish that. And I spent like one hour on my freaking head one day to just try and do it. And I finally <laughs> am able to do it. So that was like a big thing for me. I thought that was awesome. So now I'm just Sick. trying to be able to do a flip. I was challenged to do that. I have no idea how I'm going to do that, but I'm going to try to accomplish that. Um, and then being able to do handstands and then still doing a lot of weight room stuff, just barbell stuff um what's this week we got some we actually have some like a lot of dynamic movements what was yesterday's yesterday's main movement was hex bar deadlift tomorrow i believe is an incline bench and i think friday's um squat i think it's a squat um and then filling in the two in between days with a lot of accessory works Day, a lot of sets we work um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday are full body lifts, which is something new for me too. Um, but with how busy work is, I'm trying to like keep training really hardcore. And this week was it's been good so far. It's awesome. Yeah. Life wise, um, how, how about diet? Diet? Yeah. yeah. Um, right now we're just doing pretty much back to my normal diet, which is pretty much just rice and beef. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's what I eat. I, I really enjoy it. I do rice, beef, peppers with a little chicken broth on it. Um, Snack-wise, uh, I eat eggs, um, cottage cheese with some fruit. That's been my new move. How, I much, love. You, how much you eat? Like, let's say I'm hungry tonight. How much eggs you eat? Well, if I'm hungry tonight, I'll do cottage cheese. Cottage 
snacks, Jason. Yeah, but so if I snack, How I'll much? do um uh, like two like probably a cup total, but it's like two containers. It's cup total. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm right around like three thousand calories for maintenance. Um, if I want to cut down, I'll cut it down to probably two thousand five hundred. If I really want to cut, it'll be like two thousand. That's when it gets brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, but just varying off how I feel. Um, if I have energy, if I'm starting to get a little sluggish, I it's always looking back to my diet and realizing, okay, this is where you messed up. If you had like I, 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 I've been doing it for a long time, so I feel like I'm pretty in tune with my body to where like if I'm feeling sluggish, I can pretty much pinpoint why. Um, there's either I skipped a meal or I ate way too much in a meal, had way too much rice, um, and that type of thing. Life-wise, crushed a crushed an Insta Live yesterday with my boy Declan Brown and Josh Parks. That was a ton of fun. Um, this Saturday, gonna go see the, the Avengers movie with my dad uh, and my two brothers. Pretty hyped about that. I'm a huge Avengers fan. I really wanted to go to the midnight release of it, and my dad texted me like an hour before we bought the tickets, and I was like, ah, I guess I'll go with you. But So we're going on Saturday. Um, Sunday, we're checking out gyms with my grandpa. My grandpa's a big construction guy, so he's gonna come in and tell us what we need to tear up, what we need to do um, to make it work. So that's pretty exciting. <coughs> Tomorrow, we got a basketball tournament. Um, losers of the basketball tournament get sent to Camp Yoakum, Island Yoakum. Um, <laughs> so if you lose, don't lose in the basketball tournament, otherwise you got some uh, Where is leopard crawl, um, leopard, leopard crawl holds. Who's doing this? St. Thomas. St. Thomas. Who's doing that? St. Thomas. Football. Oh, the football squad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't. Football tournament. Yeah. So. I think that's pretty much everything that's up. We're working on a lot of big things with the program. The, yeah. What, what we got um, as far as new business products ideas. Yeah. Um, just. Big thing right now is to find ways to get people to the website um, and then f trying to find ways for when they sign up for the website to basically over deliver on the product. So working on a meditation app right now, we've been recording stuff for that, trying to get ahead. So 10 minute meditation every single day, teaching people how to breathe, teaching people how to get that positive feedback loop in them. Um, working with uh, my boy Mark Amick, we're hopefully coming up with something pretty cool called Anatomy Tuesdays or Thursdays, whatever day we do it. but. He's in chiropractic school, um, and he's going to break down kind of the scientific side of things, the attachments of the muscles, functions of the muscles, antagonists of the muscles, synergists of the muscles, that type of thing, what makes that muscle move, and then how you can injure it, how you can use it, basically. And I'm going to go over, hopefully, more of the practical side of things and, like, how can we get that muscle bigger? How can we use that muscle? What exercises is that muscle used in? Reps, sets, that type of thing, mm -hmm. breaking it down. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, just order we just did a big ad on Sunday with TG did a big photo shoot bid ad so he's gonna send that back to us um, and hopefully it's pretty sweet he mm -hmm. if you guys need any photo photography work he's he's the dude he balls out gonna get him on the podcast tomorrow um, which will be out in two weeks yep it'll be out in two weeks yep that's a good call it'll be out in two weeks this man is fire he um, we talk about it somebody that is passionate about what they do and just loves what they do every single second. I mean, he lives his life. Uh, like, I, I don't know anybody uh, that is as close to him as just living his true passion and like just loving life. Um, his brand is like, be who you strive to be. And his whole passion is basically like getting people to realize like there's so much more to you than you realize. And like, just be who you want to be. Like stop trying to fit in the mold of somebody else. And I, I absolutely love his passion for it. Like. He gets hyped about it. Thomas is the man. Thomas is 
multi multi talented dude. He's a rapper, teacher, athlete. Has a basketball camp. Has a basketball. He's an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and just well, everyone will learn. Yeah, you'll, you'll find out in two great weeks. Dude. Just a great dude. Um, any other questions I have for you? No, maybe I don't. Finishing up Jordan Peterson's book right now. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Baller. What are you reading right now? search for me you like it yeah hard to read yeah yeah but um i also read it at night so i make it like one or two pages and then i'm <laughs> it's yeah. yeah but um oh guitar's going good yeah guitar's going good it's drumming up do you uh get any performances soon no not yet no i'm trying to work something out with josiah bardwell and his girlfriend who I don't even know why I'm in a group with them because they're they're just talented. Um, but and then Matt Mitchell and I have been trying to work something, but I don't think Matt and I'll be able to get anything before he's done with school. No way. It's a month. Yeah, no way. Um, goal is to one night play a Wild Gregs. That'd be my, yeah. That'd be sweet. <laughs> Man, we would get a squad there yeah, for that'd you. Be, that'd be fun. You guys um, would rock that place. That's probably a year, year or two away, to be quite honest. Probably more closer to two, but it would be, that'd be sweet, man. That'd be fun. I think we could do it, too. But, um, yeah, guitars. Guitars, great. My creative outlet, that's for sure. I love it. Yeah. All right. In closing, follow Austin on Instagram at Austin Yoakum. Buy all your clothing needs at ghostfit.com backslash Yoakum Strength. Josh Parks is the owner. As you've heard, I'm on our podcast before. Great guy, great teammate. Um, average running back. <laughs> <laughs> He's a beast. <laughs> um, go check out Austin's website. Austin, give me the link again. Uh, Yoakumstrength.com. Thank you. Made by Anna Carlson. Shout out, Anna. Good work there. Um, Carter Schmitz. Your band's company, you and your dad's band company, it's great. Um, some of the best bands you'll find. These things just marked me this morning doing bear crawls. Go check out and follow Carter on his Instagram if you're looking for some other pretty cool workout tips. Um, and you can buy the bands at the Oakham Strength web at the Oakham Strength Instagram um, site. There's a link there. On Yoakum's website, he's been writing blogs, um, different blogs on different parts of life. One of the most recent ones has been about mindset, and it's fantastic. It's uh, really, Austin's a much better writer than he's a speaker, um, and he's a good speaker. So go go listen, or go read, go, go give that a read, I promise you won't regret 15 minutes of your time. And then come, and all, all roads lead to Rome. Buy the program, take the leap, change your life, do it. As I've said time and time again at the end of this podcast, the only, if you buy this program, the only thing stopping you is going to be you. You'll be able to look at yourself square in the face and say, I'm failing because of me, because I have every single flipping resource here. And if you tell me you don't have every resource, then you you are, I'll know you're lying because I know you have every resource because I'm on the same programs as you. Love it. So, bye.
invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. Buy a program. Thank you for listening. Keep chopping wood. Be grateful.